Welcome to the Run Lift Mom podcast, where we're talking about running, lifting, and momming, not necessarily in that order. And today it's a total stretch and a bonus because I've got a personal conversation with Gary Weller. I want you guys to hear his personal story. Here is a man who was very, very physical for most of his life. A football player in college turned high school football coach to collegiate football coach, back to the high school, serving his community. He's a recreational runner. I mean, come on, he's our people. Mode of transport is running. He got hit by a car. He lost his mobility. He is now wheelchair bound. And when I met him, he knew I was a runner. And for the last three years, he's my neighbor. I see him often, you guys. He's always asking, what are you training for? What's your running next? You guys, this is someone who loved being physical, lost his mobility, and has a fantastic attitude. That doesn't happen overnight. And that's what this conversation is about. This is to support the Gary Weller Foundation and the Trojan Challenge event coming up in October. So stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear more details about that event. But no matter where you are or if you're able to make the event in October or not, you have got to hear this story of overcoming adversity. Without further ado, Gary Weller. All right, Run, Lift, Mom listeners, I have got Gary Weller here. You might think it's funny that I have a gentleman on a podcast named Run, Lift, Mom, but we're going to get there. You're going to hear how this is all related. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. (laughs) All right, so I want to first get into your background a little bit. Can you tell me a little bit about your coaching days and how you got into running? Okay, well, um, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And uh, after high school, went away, played college football in Mississippi, came back to Fort Lauderdale and uh, got a coaching job, did my student teaching there, got a coaching job, Cooper City High School, coached there five years, and the population in Fort Lauderdale just exploded in the early seven, late 60s, early 70s, and I was wanting to get out of there. and. Uh, as college coaches would come through, I was putting my name in for jobs, and this one guy uh, offered me a job at uh, Lee's McRae Junior College. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't pay me anything, so he said, would you be interested in a high school job? And so he put my name in at uh, Pine Forest High School here, and it's Charlotte Myers Park. And uh, Mr. Warren, the principal at Pine Forest, called me, asked me if I'd come for an interview. And so Kathy, my wife, and I uh, drove here straight through one day when the speed limit was 55 mile an hour. <laughs> it took forever to get here. And uh, uh, interviewed, he didn't offer me a job, said he would call me that weekend, called me, asked if I'd come back for a second interview. Came back and he offered me the position and came here and uh, was a great, I mean, it was one of the best things that I had, had done. Uh, uh, and here for listeners, just so they know, this is in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where I am located. Gary is actually my neighbor that lives down the road. So um, for those of you out there listening, we're talking, here is Fayetteville. So we got that Florida guy, Mississippi athlete up to North Carolina. Right. I stayed here at Pine Forest High School in Fayetteville for three seasons. And then uh, another coach that I had met, uh, was at Georgia Tech, got the job, head job at East Carolina University, and uh, offered me a position. And I went there, 
for three years, and he was getting ready to get fired. And so Mr. Warren, the principal of Pine Forest, got wind of it and called me and asked me if I'd come back. And so I I did until I quit coaching. I know we've got some Pirate fans that listen to this oh, yeah. show, so they, they will like to hear yeah. that about ECU. Awesome. So, I mean, it sounds like football – Wow, has been, I mean, a large majority of your life from playing to coaching at different levels. It, it has been and it still is. I mean, you know, my son went on and played football at the University of North Carolina and, you know, still very involved with the school and uh, did radio broadcasting for high school football games for a number of years after I quit coaching. And, uh, yeah, still very Awesome. We can all relate to having something that we love and that we're passionate about. It's in our bones and being involved at every level. Now, this is Run Lift Mom. So I've got to ask you about running. Tell me how you how you became a recreational runner. Okay. Well, where I was coaching in Fort Lauderdale at Cooper City High School, the head coach was also the coach the distance people in track. So he said to me one day, he said he was going to start training for this 10K race and wanted to know if I would, wanted to do it too. And I told him, I said, you know, I said when I quit playing college football, I wasn't running anymore. He kept <laughs> You're like me. these army guys yeah. that when they get out, they're like, I don't have PT anymore. I'm yeah. not going to run. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so one day he, he uh, brought me a pair of running shoes and kind of oh. tricked me into it. So I started training with him and I fell in love with it. Right. So wait, let me get this straight. You told him no. So then he brought the shoes anyway and was like, I got all the equipment you need. Come with me. You got it. That, wow. That was pretty much it. And, it's a good strategy. Uh, and just fell in love with it after, you know, after doing it and uh, ran in a number of 10Ks and ran in not, not as many races as you've run in, but <laughs> ran in some half marathons and uh, just became uh, kind of addicted to it, really. And then... One thing that I always tell people that they don't, they can't believe that I did, but uh, in coaching here in, in uh, Fable, I went through uh, a couple years I did this, that on Sunday night, I would take uh, a change of clothes up to the school and put in my locker in my office, and I would actually run to work in the morning. Wow. Take a shower. Well, I taught physical education, so I just changed into some more you know, casual stuff, and then ran home after uh, it was in the off season. Wow. So it, is that like three or four miles to the it school? Was, it was about six miles. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Your mode of transport. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, I just it turned into loving it. Yeah. Now, folks know from the intro, Gary, that you're no longer a runner because you're in a chair and that you had an accident that took your mobility away. Can you open up for me about how that happened? Okay. Um, actually, it was, and I don't mean to contradict you, but yeah. it was an incident, not an accident. Uh, ah, yeah. That's... So uh, this, it was during uh, um, springtime, and my wife was still in education, and it was spring break, and uh, I needed to take my car to the mechanic to have some work done on it. I'd done it many, many times drop the car off, jog home. And uh, so um, it was about 8 o'clock in the morning, dropped my car off and uh, was heading back home. And that was about, uh, that was about, a six, about six miles. And uh, 
there was this young guy here in, in uh, Fayetteville that stole a city utility van and was trying to uh, kill as many men that morning as he could was his motive. And uh, he passed me uh, on the main road that I was on, on, on uh, Ramsey Street, and I wasn't a good enough target for him. So he pulled in a side street and waited for me to cross that street, and he came out out of the and I saw the van making a three point turn in there and he came out and uh, ran me down from behind uh, drug me police report says 150 feet under the van and then he backed over me and when he backed over me it flipped me flipped me over under the van and really did uh, most of the damage uh, to the body uh, and then ran over me the third time came right across my chest and uh, wow yeah so I, I can see, of course, we are calling this an incident. There was no accident about it. Um, I, I'm sitting here talking to you. We're actually doing this interview in a face-to-face -face capacity. So for those that are listening, I mean, Gary is talking about this matter of fact, but you can also tell that he is at peace with what has happened and where he is now. I know that the road between there and where you are now, Gary, was long. Can you talk to me a little bit about what it was like as you were processing what had happened to you and rehabilitating. Okay. Well, well, first of all, the, uh, uh, I'm very blessed that I am here talking to you because I'll just go through some of the things is that one, they had to, uh, they had to, uh, uh, resuscitate me four times to get me on the helicopter. Wow. So it mm. tells me that, you know, I wasn't supposed to, yeah. To make it. And uh, spent four months in Chapel Hill the first time. And uh, the results were every bone in my body was broken except for my arms. And the big injury was the, the uh, my pelvis was completely crushed, but I had no spinal cord injury. And, wow. uh, you know, I can go into what I found out, you know, why all that happened. But... Uh, so there was four four months. Uh, the first time in Chapel Hill, I was back many times for other surgeries. Uh, basically, I was non weight bearing for almost two almost two years. Um, I want to make sure people are hearing this correctly. So first of all, I've got to imagine that your the injuries that you sustained were very different from maybe what they the medical professionals had seen but then also i want to make sure people are hearing that this is a man who's invested his life in, i mean football right it's a physical sport your career is you just heard him say he taught physical education he's a recreational runner i mean it's his mode of transport to school and back from the car shop this is someone who has then just like that lost his mobility um ah Continue on for me. So many, many surgeries. Oh, yeah, many, many surgeries. Uh, of course, the big thing was, you know, all my ribs were broken. My sternum was broken, collapsed lung. Uh, but, yeah, and, you know, a lot of uh, skin grafts and stuff like that. And You had uh, two years that it was just non-weight-bearing. I mean, I could move, but I couldn't, you know, my, my pelvis was crushed, so they had to wait for it to to men and my hip joints were just floating around out there. So as far as standing, you know, even though I was going through physical therapy, um, it was, 
Yeah. I can remember the first time that they actually got me vertical standing was, you know, was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> awesome big win. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was three years of three days a week of physical therapy. Uh, that I had coached in Florida was uh, the manager of one of the fitness places here in town and asked me to come there when I got ready to start working out. So my wife would take me there. So oh. she would uh, she she had to drive. I couldn't drive. She would take me to the gym an hour before I go to physical therapy and drop me wow. off and I would just go in and do what I could do sitting in my chair. And uh, this is something that I, if I can expound on it, that I'm very proud of. Yes. Is that a friend of mine who's a personal trainer, I ran into him one day and I was telling him about what I was doing. And, and uh, I said, I don't see any of those people over there that I'd want to work with. And he said, well, I'll take you on as a project. So from that point on, he would meet me there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning before I go to physical therapy, take me through a workout. And back in the day, I was a big bench press guy. I could bench press over 400 pounds. And uh, so we'd been working about a month, and he said, let's see what we can get on the bench press. And uh, I, you know, I got on the bench, walked on my sticks, and uh, I couldn't lay flat on the bench and put my feet on the floor, which I still can't do because of my pelvis. So I had to lay my legs out on a, t- on a chair. And I couldn't get but 125 pounds, and I was just devastated. And he had a plan, and within six months, he had me up to 315 pounds. Wow. So I'm very, very, very proud of So I knew that we would get, right, at the, I opened this up and I said, oh, run, lift, mom, we'll get there. A lot of moms, um, physically, after they're, they have a child, (laughs) they're released, and where they want to be in their head is completely different from (laughs) what their body can do. We're going to get back into your personal story, Gary, but I want to, I want to take a, a side road here. And can you... Can you tell me how you process that in your head? Like, I know what I want to do from before. I'm a bench guy, but physically it's night and day. How did you keep at it during that? Well, I've always been, I've always been a positive thinker and I just knew that there, you know, I I realized that there are some things that I can't do Mm -hmm. and there's some things that I can do. And I focused on what, could it, you know, what could I do? Uh, it's just like right now, you know, yeah, I can't run anymore, but I have a seated elliptical and that's my, that's my, that's the closest feeling when I work out on it, closest feeling that I had when I was running. Uh, it's just, you know, just accepting the fact that I, that I can't do some things and there's the, I, just try to to uh, focus on you know the things that I can do. I, I do hope everyone is hearing that there are things you can't do, there are things you can do, and you focus on what you can oh, correct. do. Correct. I also want to. So now we're going to get back into your personal story, but in the same realm, can you talk to me mentally about just where was your headspace in this incident has happened? You are rehabilitating for years, plural. Where were you, where were you in your head in 
overcoming that adversity and getting to where you are now? Okay. Well, when it, when it all happened, uh, I was semi-conscious. I could, I oh. could hear, I could hear, but I couldn't see. Oh, my. And, uh, so I, I just remember saying, oh, my God, I've been hit. I can't breathe. I'm going to die. And I could hear uh, this lady that got to me uh, first, and she stood over me and prayed. And uh, then when the first responders got there, I could hear them. And actually, one of my old football players got there right after that. I recognized his voice, and he actually went to the house and uh, told Kathy and got her. Um, and then... I was once I got in the ambulance and I, I was out of it and I was un, unconscious. Uh, well, I was, you know, put in a, in a coma, but uh, for 35 days. And mm. uh, once I came around and I understood, found out exactly what happened, I forget this young man's name was Abdullah Alameen Sharif, and I forgave him. And, uh, and I actually had the opportunity uh, six years later when we finally went to trial because this was a capital murder case because the next man that he ran over was he killed. And uh, so during the sentencing phase, I was asked if I wanted to talk. And so I got up on the stand and I was within probably 30 feet of him. And I looked right at him and told him that I forgave him and that I was not giving him permission to ruin the rest of my life. And uh, so I just, uh, I don't have a problem talking about it, uh, but I don't dwell on it. I drive by that spot many, many times. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a new normal. You know, my life's a new normal. It's inspiring to hear you say that you forgave him. It's inspiring to hear you say (laughs) you're not dwelling on that incident I'll tell you, Gary, you know, I met you about three years ago when we moved to the neighborhood and our introduction was such that like you knew I was a runner. And most people, when they meet me, like (laughs) that's how I get introduced is I'm the marathon runner. And something that's always inspired me about you is that (laughs) I know like once I knew your story, I knew that you were a physical football guy that was a recreational runner who had his mobility taken from him yet. Every time you saw me and you continue to do it now, you have taken a genuine interest in my running. You have said, what race is next? What, how did it go? What's next for you? What are you training for? And I've got to imagine that that's hard at some level. That's hard to, to do, to ask about that thing that you can't do anymore. Well, I am interested in, you know, in that because that was something that, you know, was one of my goals. Yeah, I ran in a couple, in I think three half marathons, and I wanted to do do one. I never did. Um, it just, you know, and the things that I found out about you being in the Guinness Book of Records and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Because at one time I was in the Guinness Book of Records with a young man that I trained in Florida that was had a, had a polio and he couldn't walk, but he could walk on his hands. And he held the record for the fastest 50 yard dash on his hands. And so that was, uh, that right away kind of connected res- us. Connect, connected <laughs> us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm interested because it's very impressive what you have done 
uh, in your running. Oh, well, thank you. Um, wow. And I'll transition, right? I mean, this exchange that we're having now, I'm one of many people that, um, that you have really given yourself to and given back to in this community. You know, you describe the high school that you used to teach at. You describe that you have not left this community even after that incident. And in fact, you've really poured yourself into it. Can you tell me a little bit about the Gary Weller Foundation and what it does for the north side of Fayetteville, your community? Well, very proud because um, two young men that were seniors my first year coaching at Pine Forest, Andy Dempster and Jimmy Keefe. After I got hurt, a few years after I got hurt, they started a scholarship in my name. And uh, they were just funding it themselves and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a small amount. And two years ago, uh, Jimmy Keefe called me one day and he had this idea. Uh, through his business, he had met this gentleman, uh, Ivan Castro, who is uh, – retired military that was hurt in Afghanistan and is blind and still runs in marathons strap. We will link to him below. Uh, Okay. Um, I've got a great article about a marathon that he ran with another, um, uh, another veteran, actually the London marathon. And he ran it with Prince Harry. Y'all you got to check this link out below. Yeah. Cool. But anyhow, Jimmy, uh, that he was putting, uh, Ivan and his a friend were putting on these challenge runs with the obstacles and they were wanting to get out of the business. And so Jimmy came up with this idea that if we could, uh, we could take it over. And so we've, he, we formed a foundation and, uh, uh, raised the money to buy the obstacles and had our first challenge run last year. But the interesting, the thing that, uh, fired me up was when Jimmy called me and was explaining all these all this stuff to me what he was wanting to do and making it bigger so we could give more money to the scholarship at the end of the conversation he said now I want you to know this he said it's not about you we're just using you like you used to use us <laughs> so, so former football player yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I said I'm I'm all in and uh So they were funding a scholarship in your name, having been just inspired by what you've overcome. And now the foundation supports that scholarship as well as the event. Correct. Awesome. And uh, it was an awesome, awesome experience last year. The people that volunteer, you know, the Sturts family that volunteered their property for us to have, have it and all the other people that volunteered things and the participation. I mean, we think that it's going to be even bigger this year. Um, and it's just, you know, and to be able to <clears throat> be up in front of when they have the senior awards at Pine Forest, uh, they have it at night so the parents can come and they have it in the gym and the gym is packed. And to be able to get up there and give that that um, scholarship out to these these students that there is a criteria that they have to have to have. They have to be an athlete. Uh, they have to be in good standing in the school and they have had to have an injury or a family issue and overcome that and come back and participated. And we have given some out these past few years of some really awesome kids that uh, have had really bad issues that have overcome them. 
I love, I love the spirit of this. I love, you know, we can all applaud those athletes that come in first or they're the high score or whatever, but there is something about that athlete that falls. And I'm using a metaphor here. Okay. Because we understand that maybe they've, they've been dealt a tough card mm-hmm. at life and you're awarding those student athletes who have fallen and gotten back up and stayed out there and contributed to to their community, to the Pine Forest community. Yeah, and there's one that I just want to, you know, mention that, I mean, there's been some awesome ones, but three years ago, I believe it was three years ago, a young lady that uh, was in a car accident and broke her hip and was airlifted to Chapel Hill just like I was, came back the next, she was a cross-country runner, came back the next year, Ran cross country, and uh, and she won won the award, and she was all conference. Oh. I was just, you know, I just think that, you know, I know what she went through, and mm-hmm. uh, to be able to, you know, be able to do that. That's wonderful. So people are listening right now. I'm going to release this as a bonus episode, which I know will inspire everyone. But also, I want this, I want this piece for the local community. So people are either hearing it. If they register, Gary, what are they in for? Can you brief us just about what the race event is that contributes to this scholarship? Well, it's a, it's an obstacle obstacle course. It's not a timed event. It's just completing the obstacle. And we encourage people to have teams. Uh, you can do it individually. Um, I was approached this year by uh, another neighbor that suggested that we have a couple's uh, race because he went off and left his wife last year. So he's trying to promote that so they can do it. I know, said neighbor. His wife just had a baby. She is back very strong this year. Let me tell you, Jason. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's just really neat. It's, it's going to be a little bit longer this year than it was last year. Um, It was, we we just couldn't because we had a couple hurricanes come through. We had to alter the course and make it shorter. Uh, but this year it's going to be a little longer, and hope that the we don't have any hurricanes, so it's not so flooded. Uh, you never know, and and I did it last year as well, and I loved it. Um, I'll tell so listeners if you're local to North Carolina, um, and we're in Eastern North Carolina here. We're south of Raleigh. Um, it's a great event. First of all. I will be there. Let's hang. Uh, but then second of all, it's a really great way for runners to test their physical strength on some of these obstacles that require pushing and pulling and this kind of stuff. But then if you're into the CrossFit-esque stuff, if you're into the um, Spartan type stuff, you're going to love this course because it's obstacle heavy. So whereas in some of those other type events, you really have to be a strong runner to do well. This is an obstacle heavy one. Um, and that's a good thing, y'all. That means you can flex your muscles and show. Now, Gary, on on the course, I want to make, because I know we've got people saying, uh-oh, she just said it's obstacle heavy. I am not trying to do that. Hmm. What happens if someone can't do an obstacle? They go around it. Easy as that, y'all. Yeah. Easy as that. We want you to have a fun time out there. You heard Gary say it's untimed. That means if you want to challenge yourself, press Press record on your watch and go against the clock on your own. But in terms of that community there, we're there to celebrate 
overcoming obstacles, doing our best, feeling great, coming together for these students who have deserved the chance to be applauded and rewarded with a scholarship. And, and I want to be able to hang that, that medal around your neck when you come across the finish line. You will meet Gary himself. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, I feel like we've plugged the event enough. I think there are some people, Gary, that will listen to this after the event has passed. Um, and even then, we will change the links. That way they can look look on to the next event. But um, I'm excited, even for those that maybe listen in November, because they're going to hear your story, and now they know about your foundation, and they know about your personal story about this incident and where you are now, giving back to the community and even forgiving the, the, the man who, who put you here. So um, are you ready for some rapid fire? This is sure. unrelated to <laughs> this is unrelated to your personal story, but something fun that I like to do with everyone. So can you tell me what is your favorite book to gift? Well, uh, it's called 90 Minutes in Heaven by Don Piper. And uh it was a book that was given to my wife while I was in the hospital. And um, as I tell people, I, I do have a college degree and I can read, but I don't necessarily like to read. And it was about a year after, after the incident, uh, I decided to read the book. And after the first chapter, it is my story. It's my wife and I's story. Uh, and I've, I just think that that's something that somebody has gone through, no matter what the issue is, would be a good book to read because it gives you some really positive uh, outlooks on, on things. Awesome. We will link it below for folks. So it's been your dream to be on a show called Run, Lift, Mom. <laughs> but I think there are a lot of applications. And, you know, this is a community that I am part of. And your your foundation, your event, the Trojan Challenge, it's a really, really important thing to this community. So I'm so excited to have you on. That's Glad it. Glad to be here. Thank you. What an amazing story. What an amazing attitude. Thank you so much, Gary, for sharing a story that I know is probably hard to retell. You guys, I hope you were inspired by that. I hope you want to meet Gary. If you do, yes, you can come to Fort Goodwin. You can also come to the Trojan Challenge on October Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm going to put details in the show notes, so you'll either swipe up or you'll click on details. You'll see the information for that event. We want you to register. We want you to come and overcome some of these physical obstacles, meet Gary, and celebrate overcoming adversity. Until I get into your earpiece again, remember, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That's 1 Timothy 4.8, and this has been the Run, Lift, Mom podcast. Right, I've got Katie Danger with Red H Nutrition. Now, Katie, you have long said, if I can't do a product better than anybody on the market, I am not going to do it. So to this point, you have not had a protein powder available at Red H. Tell me what changed that and about Yes Way. Well, what changed is that I saw a need in the market for an all-natural protein, naturally sweetened, and it tasted good. 
So once I was able to hit those three points, we've gone forward with Yes Way, our all-natural protein. It's sweetened with stevia. It's no-nonsense protein support. And what I mean by that is only two grams of fat, only three grams of carbs, 31 grams of protein. But here's the kicker. We added 10 grams of digestive enzymes because we want to make sure that we get the full absorption and there's no gas and no bloat. And it also comes in two amazing flavors, gooey salted caramel and vanilla ice cream sundae. So it's perfect for anybody looking for the additional protein support in their diet. Thank you for listening to the Run Lift Mom podcast. This is a passion project of mine, and it started back in February of 2019. I simply wanted to uplift other women in the areas of running, lifting, and motherhood. And now I've got a Rolodex of inspiring guests that I can call friends. I'm having so much fun with this, and you can help. Rate, review, and subscribe. That helps people find the show. It keeps this great momentum going.